Well, Austin, things are not great. You know, the apparently the 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 Democratic majority of Congress and and Joe Biden they've they're they're they've decided to move on and not no longer try to pass the big the Build Back Better deal. The bill. Oh, good. They uh, it, student loan payments are starting back in February. Uh, you know the the Omicron variant is spreading and killing people and uh you know everything's just getting everything's just getting worse but uh among all of that there is there's one shining light of goodness and you know what that is austin tell me i bought i found at the store and bought the record store and bought steely dan's pretzel logic on vinyl oh i love his his pretzel logic album Welcome back to the show, everyone. Hey, guys. Snuck in a little Steely Dan opening music for you there, topical-wise. Um, welcome back to Hell World. Uh, welcome back to season two again as the, the last... The only podcast where one of the hosts has kissed Steely Dan on the lips. Yep, I kissed Mr. Steely Dan <laughs> Mr. himself Dan. on the lips. Uh, you know, this is again the last couple weeks it's been since we changed now. So I think third episode of of season two of explaining to Austin, aka the Dark Prophet saga. And boy, as we as I mentioned in that opening, it's getting apropos because boy, things are getting bad. Things are getting dark. Uh, but as always, we're here to maybe brighten up your day, bring you a little bit of joy here with a nice audio treat for you. Uh, as always, it's me, the better one. Peyton, and joined by, of course, my co-host, uh, you know him and you love him, it's Austin Let's Go Brandon Bennett. That's what they call me, and that's what I call myself. That's Thank what they you call for him. having me. Most people think that it was that NASCAR guy that started the Let's Go Brandon thing, unintentionally, by his name being Brandon, and, you know, they were chanting, fuck Joe Biden at the, the race, and they the news people were like, oh, they're saying Let's Go Brandon, because that's the guy who just won. Uh, they think that's how it started. It, actually, Austin is the one who came up with it at the at the Daytona or Talladega race, whichever it was. Yeah, it was Austin was the one who started chanting, fuck Joe Biden, in the crowd. I just thought it'd be funny, and then the wrong people joined in. So... Uh, blame Austin for for Let's Go Brandon. Uh, we were just talking recently, Austin. There's a there's a pizza buffet restaurant in the next town over that that has Let's Go Brandon on the electric sign, and then the next slide is uh, God Bless America. So I saw that the other day for the first oh, that's time. Incredible. And it was just it was a sight to behold. I'll tell you what. Oh, we love it, don't we? We love seeing it. I love Brandon. Whoever Brandon. whoever Brandon is, who's Brandon? I'm just glad we're all so happy for him. I don't know who this guy is, Brandon, but I'm just glad we're all so supportive of him. It's and, pretty cool. I mean, that's what it means, right? It's just like, for anyone named Brandon, it's just like a, hey, here's this one goes out to all the Brandons, let's go. You know, now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know that many Brandons. I don't know a single damn Brandon. I think on the, in terms of names, it's on the decline. I think Brandons hit their peak in terms of being named Brandon, uh, babies being named Brandon, I think yeah. they hit their peak in about 2004, and I think they're on the decline. If I had to guess. Yeah, I'd have to imagine. Like, I, I knew multiple Brandons in high school, but now that, like, I'm out of it, I haven't met any Brandons in the wild that's, since I, then. I, I would say that's the stats. That is true for me as well. Um, I didn't much care for the Brandons that i knew i'll be honest honestly can't i'm being serious can't even recall a single one i knew i'm sure i have met There's or one known really tall well actually now i'm blanking on what his face looked like actually well he didn't so actually have one he was a faceless uh, man yeah yeah he was a japanese so, he was a japanese folklore demon without a face and he went around right. and he and he he's stole like no face from uh 
Spirited Away. From Spider-Man. My favorite villain from the new Spider-Man film, No Face. He goes, hey, Spider-Man, nice face you got. Would be a shame if you had no face. <laughs> so, um, Played by, Al, actually... played by uh, Al Pacino. I thought it was Gilbert Gottfried. No, it was Al Pacino. Be a shame if you had no face. Yeah, that... I, they actually they they did dual roles and they released two versions of the film. One where No Face is played by Gilbert Godfrey, and the other one where he's played by Al Pacino, and he says, "Oh, Spider Man, hey, be a shame if you didn't have a face." I'm gonna face. Man, anyone listening to this show must just hate themselves because this is just god awful trash. Bad content. Uh, this but is I'm, just I the am worst. I am telling you, you're right. Uh, Brandon is literally on the decline. I'm looking at a line a, a line graph here. Listen, people um, think I'm telling jokes when we do this show. I, I'm a I am an expert in many fields, including nameology, and I was telling the truth when I said what I said about the name Brandon being on the decline. Well, I'm looking right now, and um, so in in 1997, the year of my birth, it was ranked seven hmm. in terms of names for boys sure and now in the year of our lord uh 2020 or last year it was ranked 166th wow huh that's so it's quite a drop visible decline yeah that's yeah really i wonder do you think uh like conservatives are gonna start naming their kids brandon just for like the meme like just so they can say like let's go brandon and people be like oh wow i can't believe you would you're saying that that naughty naughty thing that is about the president and they're saying no i was actually calling my child over there his name is brandon and then they turn and they wink to the camera and they say actually i i named him that so i could say it <laughs> like those obnoxious finance videos where they're like hi i'd like to get a full refund on this very expensive product and then the employee's like sorry are you crazy and then they turn to the camera and they're like they don't know i know this one trick oh yeah doctors like, hate doctors hate him Dude, the fact that those are, like, a thing. I uh, So, I... This is so tangential. Go ahead. But, like, TikTok is cool. And then you got Instagram that did Reels. And Reels are just, like, 90% of them are reposts and stolen without credit to the original creator. Sure. And just generally lower quality when they are sure. the original creator. And I don't know if it's just because Instagram has a worse algorithm that can't filter out the shit from the good stuff and, like, actually show you what you want to see or what. Right. But, like, I'll scroll through my reels on any given day and I'll see the same one, like, four times from six different accounts. That's actually a government psyop that there's secret uh, subliminal messages hidden in the content of that one and they just really want it to, to try to have as much effect as possible. God, I hope someone doesn't say my wake word. And the reason that it's happening on on Instagram, of course, TikTok is owned by a Chinese company. So obviously Instagram is owned by an American company being Facebook, a.k.a. Meta, Metaverse. Uh, and that, but So it's easier to do on Instagram to have the CIA infiltrate it and put in those psyops rather than TikTok. That's true. So uh, speaking of major uh, government and uh, intelligence agency goings on i don't know if you're aware of this austin but i believe today and i don't know if they finished or if they just started i had assumed they both finished because i don't think it's more than a day's worth of a thing today was the closing arguments of the prosecution and defense in the glane maxwell trial being held at thurgood marshall courthouse in new york city oh and so because of that, I want you all to know uh, there's a good likelihood this is the last episode and that the feds will be bursting down my door at any minute to arrest me uh, once the uh, verdict has been placed on that trial. Uh, they're going to come and take me away uh, as a as a co-conspirator. Oh, that's impressive that you're... I didn't know you were that involved, I'll be honest. Well, you know, they called me the... They called me the the big St. James of Little St. James. Yikes. <laughs> uh, well, that what they called you, huh? Yeah, that is what they called me. Uh, well, Austin. Hey. You doing good? Yeah. Uh, first day at a new job today. That was pretty good. Um, whipping whipping some people into shape. Um, Wh- wow. Hashtag problematic, Austin. Just because you started working at a cotton processing plant doesn't mean you can make Yikes. those jokes. Yikes. Okay. 
Hashtag um, canceled. Um, Austin is a scab. Okay. He got hired at Kellogg's. Yeah, well, I didn't want to say that. <laughs> they were offering a lot of money. Austin is the new head of production at Kellogg's Factory. Yeah, I'm not qualified, I'll be he's, honest. He, yeah, he's not qualified, so watch out for nails in your Cheez-Its. I'm talking I'm doing that on purpose. I'm talking finger and metal. I'm doing that on purpose because I think those that eat Cheez-Its deserve it. <laughs> I'm part of the anti-Cheez-It pack slash lobby. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I started a new job, a little bakery, a little family business. Good um, for you. And, um, you know, just like helping them with some processes that, that weren't as standardized as they should have been. Yeah. And uh, made some good changes today. They're eager to to keep going tomorrow, so that's cool. Good to hear. Good to hear. Yeah, what about you? How's your day been? Oh, it was fine. I, I've, I've been packing up and stuff for my big cross-country move. Been starting to clean stuff out of my current room, storing it, and your shed. Not yeah, a euphemism. Not a euphemism. Uh, and so just doing that, I'm sure the audience is enthralled by this life update from both of us. I thought you were storing your stuff at Jones big ass truck rental and storage. Uh, I would, if I could, there are none locally, but, uh, instead I am storing stuff in your shed and I mean that literally. And I also mean it euphemistically for what I'm doing to you at night. Yeah. I'm very well aware of it, but it's like a kink of mine to pretend to be asleep. Always. Well, Austin, uh, uh, today's big topic, as I'm sure the audience can tell from my title, if I do not, if I title this episode what I think I'm going to, but who knows, maybe I'll think of a better title while we talk. But the main topic for today, I'm going to be telling you, not beat by beat, but just kind of outlining what I liked about the Matrix sequels, because I have watched them since last week when I talked about the first Matrix, and then maybe next week I can talk about the new one if I've seen it by then. So we'll be getting to that in a bit, but first, I had some uh, topics I wanted to talk about. First off, Austin, were you aware of a famous lake that resides within the state we both live currently? Uh, you talking about Joe Cassie? No, oh. I wish I was. Cause that's actually like on like a list of like top ten natural places to visit in in America. Really? No clue. Yeah, there's like there's like some scuba diving stuff in Joe Cassie specifically that's like really popular. Really? Well, yeah. even in the lake that's closest to us, uh, okay. there's also a lot to scuba dive. Um, yes. Because it was a man-made lake, and I believe buildings were uh uh, there were people living or there were buildings that were flooded uh when this new lake you know it a hundred years ago or whatever new yeah i mean i don't want to dox us by saying what lake it is but like you can figure it out we've given you enough clues our i've actually input morse code i put both of our address current addresses throughout the first uh 39 episodes this being episode 39 of the show Ooh, I actually sold your home address as an NFT recently. Oh, fantastic! Uh, yeah, am I going to get six hundred grand? Do I am I going to get a cut of that? Yikes! Um, Keep me updated. I'll uh, let you know. What I am referring to, Austin, is there is a lake in our wonderful state we both currently reside. Me not for not much longer, but still currently uh, in South Carolina. There is. A lake named Alcohol and Drug Abuse Lake. No, what? This is in... Is this real? Richland County, South Carolina. I don't even know where that is. It looks like about the middle of the state. There is a lake titled the Alcohol and Drug Abuse Lake. I was brought... This was brought to my attention... By friend of the show and former guest host Alex of House of Decline on Twitter and of that podcast of the same name, he posted a tweet about it and led me down a rabbit hole. And would you be interested in hearing this this article from a South Carolina publication called Is SC's Alcohol and Drug Abuse Lake a Real Place? Here's what the owner said. Owner? Yes. So this is from this year, April 30th. So this is an up-to-date article, I would think. 
Are you ready to learn about alcohol and drug abuse lake, Austin? Yeah. I'm very ready. Okay, here we go. About 10 miles from the heart of downtown Columbia is a serene lake that a certain class of fishermen go to in order to get away from it all and do what they love. Quote, alcohol and drug abuse lake is more of a big pond than a lake. While the name is something of a mystery to the pond's owner, the odd title has grabbed some online attention and has official backing. Tracy LaPont uh, Lapointe has worked for the South Carolina Department of Mental Health for 20 years and has never heard the name Alcohol and Drug Abuse Lake in her life, she said. We call it the pond at Morris Village, said LaPointe, the spokesperson for the department. It's also called the Morris Village Pond. In documents from the mental health department, the body of water is sometimes referred to as the Village Lake. The Department of Mental Health owns the pond, which is adjacent to Morris Village, a state-run addiction rehab center. It's not much of a stretch to speculate that the nickname Alcohol and Drug Abuse Lake probably stems from the pond's proximity to the rehab center. Uh, it just feels insensitive. Yeah, it's like uh, next to the burn unit in the hospital is there like uh, deformed deformed asshole uh, <laughs> creek. I mean, it's like next to the prison, let's let's put uh, haha, I'm free uh, path. Uh, so oh, <laughs> this is an incredibly long article for what this topic is, but I'll continue uh, at least some of it. A Wikipedia article about quote alcohol and drug abuse lake began circulating on Twitter and people began contacting a reporter for the state about the name, asking if it was a real place. While viewing the Wikipedia article's creator isn't possible, the article was updated on Thursday. The pond is fed by... uh, And then it talks about some logistics of the pond. It's fed by a creek that's a tributary of a river. It is man-made in 1973. It's about 93 acres, 32 feet deep. Uh, This says... The Department of Mental Health may not call the pond alcohol and drug abuse lake. The United States Geological Survey has that name in its database for water features. The entry says that the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers listed the reservoir in 1981 with associated information. The United States Geological Survey lists an entry date uh, of 1992, September 1st. So a person for the geological survey from the Army Corps of Engineers uh, dam and reservoir list, um, it says that that it came from uh, a U.S. Army Corps of Engineers dam and reservoir list and that the U.S. uh, Board on Geographic Names may know more history on the name. The state reached out to the U.S. Board of Geographic Names but did not hear back before publishing. What? They reached the, it's literally something called the U.S. Board on Geographic Names. And a publication said, hey, we want to know about why this geographic thing is named this. And they didn't get back to them. Isn't that their whole job? Yeah, it's like their whole thing. What else are they doing? Uh, so they didn't get back to um, an article in 2018 by the website Marijuana Moment refers to the uh, geological survey database as the source of the name, but also misidentifies its location as being in Richmond County. The pond is actually in uh, Richland County, not Richmond County. So that's good to note. So uh, it's fenced and not open to the public because I guess it's attached to that mental health facility, uh, but it allows employees, retired workers, family of workers to fish in the pond if they get a permit. Uh, permit. There's maintenance crews that keep the pond or reservoir clean. There's a, there's a picnic area. Um, let's see. Uh, so this says there's a more serious purpose, quote, the mission of Morris village is to provide effective and efficient treatment of alcohol and other drug addiction through comprehensive assessment, safety talks and evidence-based blah, 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 says the website. Uh, so I guess they use the lake to, uh, encourage, I don't know, therapy and going outside, I guess. Uh, so the continuing uh, finishing, it says, 
Lapont or Lapointe said she wasn't sure how many patients visit the pond, but quote, I have visited before and it is a beautiful and serene location. I imagine anyone receiving medical care would find such a location to be calming and enjoyable. So this is quite a mystery because it's like the place where the 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 state-run facility and department that runs that facility that have like access to this lake or reservoir uh, seem to have no idea uh, why that it's called alcohol and drug abuse lake while at the same time like the army corps of engineers and the geological survey of the united states have it officially listed in their documents as alcohol and drug abuse lake that's so fucking weird like why why like i i just i don't even have anything clever to say to that it's just so confusing that they would just call it that hear me out austin okay i got a plan i got a good plan step one Start doing hardcore drugs and hardcore alcoholic drinking, alcoholism, some call it. Okay. Step two, get sent and or uh, get sent or ordered or just check ourselves in to the uh, whatever creek village, whatever. What is it called? I don't know. The Morris Creek f- treatment rehab facility. Get ourselves into it because of our drugs we've started doing. Step three, uh, we get to see the lake for ourselves. That sounds like a great idea. And we get to the bottom of drug and alcohol abuse, alcohol and drug abuse lake. Maybe we shouldn't go to the bottom of it. <laughs> what what if think? it's really deep? What if there's alcohol and drugs at the bottom of it? That's terrifying. I don't want to be anywhere near alcohol and drugs. You might abuse them. There's a chance you could abuse them, you know? Given the name, I wonder, what if the lake has the opposite intended effect that they're hoping it has for this treatment facility? What if the lake itself causes alcohol and drug abuse? What if it's, it's a, like a Native American... The lake is an SCP Yeah, that, that causes you to abuse alcohol and drugs or by looking at it. It could be like a poltergeist situation uh, where it's like the lake the reservoir was man-made so it, they but they built that and the treatment facility on like native american burial grounds Ooh. and now there's like it's cursed and it's causing people to have alcohol and drug abuse problems all i know is we need to get to the bottom of this and i'm only in this state for about two more weeks so we gotta work quick <laughs> okay well, I'm actually out of state on Christmas, so maybe we have a week. We've we got four days. We've got about four days to get addicted to drugs, get sent to this place, and then check out the lake, and then right, get I've back. Got caffeine dependency, like a motherfucker. You think well, I'm good you're on, you're on like super, whatever. Yeah, super Adderall, whatever. Uh, yeah. So, what about you? Give me that. Okay. And then you have worked in kitchens, so you definitely know where to get cocaine. Yeah. No. I mean, I, there's a couple of people I could. I'm, like, no more than two degrees of separation away so, from any drugs. Sounds like. like a plan to me. Yeah, Let's I finish so. the rest of this podcast, and then we'll get to it. Yeah, I mean, I've already been drafting up notes. on. You know, I've looked at Google Maps route while we've been talking, you know? Great. We can get there in, like, an hour and a half. Well, sounds like a plan. And coming soon, the Explain to Austin exclusive expose podcast <laughs> on the true origin and purpose of alcohol and drug abuse lake lend me your ears i like beer it makes me a jolly good fellow i like beer it helps me unwind and sometimes it makes me feel mellow makes it feel mellow whiskey's too rough champagne costs too much Vodka puts my mouth in gear This little refrain should help me explain As a matter of fact, I like beer Well, Austin, uh, glad we could introduce that mystery to the show Uh, Now, before we move on to The Matrix, I have one more thing Uh, Today there was a a press conference through the Mm -hmm. White House And I found this via Twitter Uh, The White House had a press conference about COVID-19 response, uh, specifically in relation to the holidays and the Omicron variant. Mm -hmm. This was a, like, 
a video sort of there's one the, there's one person there live who is a coordinator for the White House COVID nineteen response team, Jeff Zients. He's there in person, and then on video screens, as if they're zooming in, are of course uh, COVID classic. Uh, you know him, you know him, and you've you've seen him, uh, Doctor Fauci, yay, as well as Doctor Rochelle P. Walensky, and I can't. I'm pretty sure she's the CDC head, okay. head of CDC or something like that. So they released this thing today, and in it there was a clip that is gotten some popularity online in which they say uh this coordinator jeff what is it jeff zines it's z-i-e-n-t-s so i have no idea how that's pronounced but he said he basically told uh unvaccinated americans to be prepared to die and here's the clip of it you're looking at a winter of severe illness and death for yourselves your families and the hospitals you may soon overwhelm. So that's the audio clip. And listen, I want to I want to make one thing clear first. Obviously, you know there are those out there right now who are unvaccinated for a like legit like I'm not even like a bullshit legitimate reason, but like an actual legitimate legitimate yeah. reason. Mainly, I'm talking about those who have some sort of immunocompromising condition. Right, even the vaccine could hurt them. Yeah. Right, exactly. Um, yeah, have some sort of health condition where, you know, the vaccine itself is dangerous. And so I'm talking about those people when I say this, not, you know, oh, I got a religious exemption from my church because uh, I believe in Jesus and he because said... Because the vaccine's the mark of the beast. What I've heard, and I heard this legitimately, is, uh, oh, they tested this vaccine on uh, using stem cells that came from aborted fetuses. Uh, and the truth to that, and you can look this up. I think I the article I read was via like National Geographic debunking it. It's like, that's somewhat true, but these are stem cells resulting from abortions from like the 70s or 80s. Like that's like the that's like the the distance at this point that these stem cells are like yeah. these are stem cells that were like derived from a der, you know derision of these aborted fetuses from like fifty you know forty years ago and also they've used stem cells derived from these you know fetuses uh, on testing everything from like Tylenol to aspirin right. so unless you're like a Christian scientist who does not believe in any sort of medicine and only prayer uh, then I don't you have no actual basis for saying that's the reason you're not doing the vaccine. Uh, so yeah, just clarifying, this is about actual immunocompromised people. I do. There is something like, it is somewhat frustrating to hear them say this, uh, so callously of like, Oh, these Americans who aren't vaccinated need to be prepared to die while still, you know, not mandating a vaccine or like, you know, really doing anything beyond saying, Hey, we recommend you do this. Uh, you know, but there's, they're fine being like, oh yeah, you're going to die, but they're not actually fine with taking any action and, or not considering the immunocompromised, um, you know, that's all valid. And you're, I understand if the way they release this, you know, is upsetting in that regard, but rather than focus on that kind of sad aspect of this, I wanted to take a moment and have some fun, Austin, and read mm -hmm. the Twitter replies from stupid anti-vax people uh, who are responding to this tweet in which that clip I played is uh, presented, who mm -hmm. are angrily leaving comments about uh, the vaccine. Good. I can't wait to hear. So... Uh, First one I see, authoritarian countries have experts talk like this, uh, and mm. uh, I, I all I have to say is if this, this is like a white cis lady who looks to be about 30 or 40, uh, if she thinks America for her, a white cis lady in her 40s, is authoritarian, uh, I'd hate to see how she survived in any other country. Because she's literally living yeah. in the most uh, country where she has the most uh, ability to do whatever the hell she wants, no matter uh, how it negatively impacts anyone. Yeah, she has an insane amount of privilege. She could kill a homeless person and probably get away with it. Uh, oh, yeah. So, let's see. Um, this one we see already had COVID, still here. Nothing beats natural immunity. 
and so uh, to that person, uh, I say, uh, good job getting lucky. Uh, we'll see how it. We'll see how you with your already decreased immune system from having original COVID. Uh, we'll check back in in a couple weeks and see how you've handled Omicron. Yeah. So like, stuff you should know. Did a whole episode on um, how the mrna vaccines work and it's really interesting because it's like basically like the vaccine itself is like a flash drive that's just going in and giving your body a set of instructions Mm -hmm. and then it's like hey here's how to fight these things here's how to create the antibodies it's not like giving it a sample of the virus it's like telling it how to fight a virus and you can literally design these vaccines on a computer and like input variables and like basically have them ready same day kind of shit so the covid vaccine the reason it was so fast was because like they were still finishing the technology for mrna vaccines so like all this to say getting the covid vaccine is like the same thing as having natural antibody antibodies hmm. that's because very it's interesting. just telling your body how to create the antibodies it needs yeah and so for people being like natural immunity is better it's like no it's like nearly indistinguishable hmm. that's very interesting yeah, and that's why boosters are important because it tells your body how to make more of the antibodies. And then after like two or three weeks, the chemical, like the actual vaccine itself, isn't in your body anymore. Hmm. Well, that makes a very good case, and that's a good explanation. Uh, now let's get into the, we're getting into some real. These are some of the let's most get into the, the grime. We're getting into some top quality ones here. Responses here. Well, it's been two years and still and still prepared. If it's my time, then it's my time. Choice matters, and God is in control, not fear or the government. That's some real uh, getting COVID and dying to own the libs moment. Yeah, really. Uh, also, we have from another comment, unless you are prepared to die, you are not prepared to live. <laughs> uh, what the fuck? To, to, that reminds me of my all-time favorite uh, Metallica quote from their critically panned album, Saint Anger. And I don't remember what the song it's from, but it is a wonderful line where he says, where uh, the lead singer uh, Hatfield says, uh, my lifestyle determines my death style. Wait, yes, I know about this. Uh, and, you know, unless you are prepared to die, you are not prepared to live. That's basically the same thing as my lifestyle determines my death style. Oh, absolutely. Uh, what else we have here? Um you know, a lot of, uh, oh, it's, uh, I'm not a slave to such petty fear tactics. If a government can only use authority when it's violent and forceful like this, then it's failing government at best. Uh, let me remind you, our government has probably had the most lackadaisical response in terms of forcing people to get vaccines. Uh, at this point, maybe you lost your job if you were some, uh, shithead cop who was determined to lose the cushiest and most, um, you know, uh, response, uh, consequence-free job and you just were determined not to get vaccinated besides that uh most people have had incredible amounts of leeway in terms of getting this thing so not sure what violent and forceful uh actions this person's referring referring to uh this person next person says is that a threat question mark uh to that i would say uh i wish yeah uh, let's see. Any, any final ones? Um, and uh, we, another, another epic dying to own the libs comment. I am, uh, meaning ref- referencing they're prepared to die. I am, which is why I don't live in fear. I know where, where I'm going to die. <laughs> I know where I'm going when I, I I thought that was complete. I thought they were saying, I know where, when and where I'm going to die. Sorry that I misread that. I know where I'm going when I die and God already knows what day that will be. Man, these, these, these like anti-vax conservatives are going like full on, like devoted, like paladin, you know, they're like the they're like Trump's uh, like ethereal uh, army. They're just like I I've been my my death date has been determined by the by the greater force, and I will fight in the glory of of of, of Donald Donald Trump and uh, and die when my time comes. 
It's like they're like <laughs> they're, so they're like saying it. like the sun's like fucking lines from three hundred. Uh, like they're ready to die battling the Persians, but it's really just uh, getting sick and getting sick and coughing till you die because you didn't want to get one shot. Yeah, like <laughs> instead of battling the Persians, it's the most fucking pointless. Like, like there's no honor to their battle. Like, yeah. So. Uh, that 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 was those were those fun responses and you know what else is there to say but in terms of covid uh it really is the truth that your lifestyle will determine your death style i mean yeah it absolutely will and um, also your lifestyle um isn't the thing that does it i will determine your death style uh, austin is the great equalizer i am actually i've um been referred many cultures have referred to me um i've heard mephisto as one of them um Moloch. Reaper, death you're the you're the one that all the 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 pizzagate people sacrificed the babies to yeah i'm actually the um i'm actually the um um i'm like the last i'm i'm you, know, you ever like yell into a cave and your voice sounds just a little different when it comes back to you that's, that's you. actually that's just me talking back to you so you should be careful where you step is all i'm saying your lifestyle determines your death style except when austin is the one determining your death sometimes style. i'll just determine that shit for you my lifestyle determines my death style my lifestyle determines my death style all right austin uh so main topic for today last time i talked about why the original matrix film the first one the matrix is incredibly trans while also being uh amazing one of the best movies in all of cinema uh a triumph Mm -hmm. and also incredibly trans uh i mentioned the last time i had never seen the sequels matrix reloaded or matrix revolutions but i have changed that i have seen them and I am here to report back to you on how they were. Yeah, I still have not seen them, so I'm excited. I'll say this off the bat. I honestly, and I'm speaking honestly, I do not understand how at the time these were seen in any way or form as disappointing uh, continuations of the story. Honestly, they are better sequel and better conclusion to a trilogy than most trilogies out there. Uh, you know, maybe like Lord of the Rings being the one exception, but that's easy because they're based off of a series of books that were already a complete trilogy. Yeah. Uh, for, for movies that obviously I, I assume the first was written and then they came up with these two in tandem as, as continuations. Honestly, I was very satisfied. Uh, you know, they heightened things in the right way, uh, amp- amping up the, the, the stakes and the action and style and what they were fighting for and kind of the perfect amount. They're flawed. I don't think they're both of them. I don't think they're as good as the original. Uh, I think the original still is kind of uh, the best in terms of its kind of self-contained nature. And it's, uh, I think it's more balanced film in general. Uh, But these are still, I thought, quite good. First off with the Matrix Reloaded, um, just to give you a quick overview, uh, without spoiling too much of what happens, um, it picks up, I think about six months or maybe a year after the events of the first film, basically Neo, uh, Morpheus and Trinity have still just been rocking out, t- freeing people from the matrix, uh, fighting agents and, and being cool. Uh, when suddenly they learn, uh, as well as, as them and all the other, uh, ships, sent from Zion to free people from the Matrix and fight the Matrix, learn that basically the robots, all the machines, have basically massed in a gigantic force of Sentinel drones, and they are tunneling towards the Earth's core to where the uh, city of Zion, where all the people live uh, underneath, under the ground in the real world. They're tunneling to Zion to attack, to try to wipe out humans once and for all. So basically that sends everyone in a mad dash to try to prepare for this giant battle. But in kind of a bold move against what they have been told, Morpheus decides that him and Neo and Trinity should go back into the Matrix to try to consult the Oracle to find out 
because obviously Morpheus believes Neo holds the key to winning the day, despite the others around him thinking they just need to try to win the battle and protect the city. So they contact the Oracle and then go on an adventure to try and get Neo to the place he needs to be to hopefully reach his potential as the one and to save the day. All while uh, also Agent Smith has is no longer a agent uh, of the Matrix. He has kind of become untethered, oh. unchained, and he is now sort of this independent uh, virus almost surging through the Matrix trying to, uh, you know, do things in its own, do things in his own benefit and his own, um, you know, will. So I'll say uh, it's great. There's a lot of your classic fun Matrix stuff in this film, Austin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neo fights uh, about 50 Agent Smiths at once, uh, which includes some questionable moments of CGI where it looks a little bit like a video game cutscene. But honestly, I didn't mind because it was very entertaining. And watching and it Keanu place inside of a video game. Right, uh, Keanu Reeves fights fighting a 50 Hugo Weavings. Very entertaining. Uh, there are um, albino cyber vampires who work for a wacky French dude who's a pro. They have swords. Yeah, they have they have like swords and and machine guns, and uh, they work for this wacky French guy who's like a rogue program, kind of looking out for himself and and just doing things out of greed. He's called the Merovingian. He's just kind of oh. like a wacky French asshole, uh, oh, program nice. man. Uh, and so he's got all these guys and Morpheus and the gang are trying to get this key master guy from him and he doesn't want to give it up. So of course it results in a big fight and battle and everything. Morpheus has a katana and a machine is a katana in one hand and an extended clip auto pistol in the other It's nice. the coolest. I swear to God, anyone's ever looked in any movie. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne bringing the fits hard in this film. Everyone, both Carrie Ann Moss and Keanu Reeves as well. Some some wonderful fits, some wonderful looks. Uh, uh, lots of crazy action. There's a big fight on like a highway where they're jumping from cars and riding motorcycles and shooting at cars. I actually know about the highway scene. That's like one scene I've been told about is like really good. It's fantastic, fantastic action scene. Uh, there's a great fight in the Merovingian's palace where all his henchmen are trying to kill Neo and they're like grabbing all these like uh, antique uh, weaponry off the wall. So like big like halberds and swords and like maids mace uh like you know like maces and morning stars and shit and neo's like jumping all around and like you know blocking them and shit it's really great uh there's some cool acts action inside the real world you know flying around in the ship and and trying to escape the the squid sentinels and stuff uh the squintinels if you will right so uh you know just on a front of filmmaking still stylish fun action uh, in terms of, like I talked about last time with the trans themes of the first film, I really thought this movie was kind of the logical next step, whether it intended it or not, in, at least in my opinion, what most trans people uh, I've met or have known online or seen online, the journey we've kind of gone on where it's like, your first step is kind of realizing you're trans and you go through this whole journey of self-discovery just like Neo does until you finally kind of self-actualize and, you know, find your true sense of self and your true identity. But then once that happens, what do you do? What does every good trans person do? But, uh, of course they, they continue to radicalize and they get into, uh, left-wing politics and it very much rampage. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Uh, it feels like Neo does the same in this movie where he's kind of, at the end of the first movie, of course, he's kind of honed his powers and really like believed in himself and all this. So he's kind of at his peak and, and understanding of his identity. But what he realizes throughout this movie is he's kind of still part of this exploitative system of the Matrix and this battle he's fighting kind of as the one. And he kind of realizes that, oh, it's not enough just to be me and to be my true self, to be Neo uh, fighting against the Matrix. It's also important I have to I have to fight with, you know, Morpheus and Trinity and really 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 uh mm-hmm. sorry, I my hey. my mic yeah, I'm fine. Okay. 
he realizes he has to, you know, fight with Morpheus and Trinity alongside them to fight this exploitative system. It's not just enough for him to become free from the Matrix. He wants to take the, he wants to continue the fight and and to free everyone from the Matrix and to stop Agent Smith and to 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 to, to break the whole exploitative status quo and system. Uh, eventually, to the point where he even. Uh, realizes that to a certain degree in the big climax of the movie without saying too much, he realizes himself, even himself as the one, he's still a cog in the machine, a pawn, and he has to really make a, make a choice to choose revolution, to choose to fight against it, despite that it might mean that those close to him like Trinity uh, might get hurt in the process, but he does it anyway. So it's really like the kind of next step of being trans where a lot of people I know, at least myself included, tr be realizing that you're trans and that, you, you know, you identify as trans is like a single step. And then the next step is realizing, Oh, the, the, the system, the capitalist system we live in, uh, is an exploitative, not, you know, it, it does these bad things and it discourages people living their true lives and being trans and stuff. And, but it also does all these other bad things. And it's kind of realizing in tandem that all of these things are, are oppression at the hands of the system we live in and deciding to fight against it. So that's what The Matrix Reloaded, with all of its action and fighting 50 Hugo Weavings at once, at least to me, was really about is kind of this next step of, of realization of, of, of why you're fighting and what you're fighting for. Um, and with that, apropos, Neo deciding to, to basically uh, fight against this system, not just for himself, but for everybody, of course, apropos leads into the Matrix revolutions, because what is it but a revolution oh. against the exploitative system of the first Matrix? So with revolution, uh, without giving too much away about either, uh, we basically pick up where Reloaded ends. The... Uh, Machines are still drilling to attack Zion. It's basically go time. Uh, it's time for the final battle. So the, all of the humans in Zion have to uh, defend as these, uh, basically these sentinel robots are imminent in breaching, like, you know, breaching the city. Uh, while at the same time, Neo is trying to um, basically kind of escape this limbo he's in and, uh, basically figure out what he needs to do to stop the war himself. So I'll say there's a lot of this movie, at least the first half or so, a lot of it takes place in actual real world. There's not a whole lot of actual matrix in this movie. There's still some, but definitely compared to the first two, the, the least, because a lot of this movie has taken place in Zion. Uh, they're they're fighting off the um, they're fighting off the the squids as they're breaching through. A bunch of people are piloting these giant mechs that have like giant like mech sized machine guns. Nice, Jaegers, uh, like huh? Basically, I heard a friend describe it as uh, it's like live action space invaders. <laughs> Because <laughs> they're just shooting at these Sentinels and these mechs as they're, like, coming down from, from the ceiling as they breach uh, Zion. Uh, it does get a little repetitive. It's kind of the weakest stuff from all three movies. Because, you know, you want to see that real Matrix action and not just mechs shooting at giant robots. But it's still cool. Like, it's for the Matrix, it's, like, the least good. But still, like, for normal sci-fi movies, that's still, like, a really good standard. Being the least good of the yeah. Matrix. Um, um, I have a question. I yeah. don't know if it's addressed in these movies. If they're if they're a city in the center of the earth, how's gravity work there? It seems to just function normally. I don't know if they're actually at these. They're not like at the molten core. They're just like incredibly deep underground. Uh, but as far as uh, I can tell, it seems that gravity is just normal. Okay, I was so, gonna say like if you were like in the center of the earth, wouldn't gravity like be all fucky? Uh, I don't. I don't think they're that deep. They're just very okay, okay. deep. Um, I do want to point out. I don't. I don't know like if this is intent like it, it i thought about it and i was like i don't understand maybe i'm just thinking too much but like so like the the zion is basically like ruled by like i guess like some sort of elected council of elders uh one of which i'll point out is um what's his name what's it? Uh, cornelius west who is kind of a famous uh like black uh 
liberation philosopher and um you know professor also like a very active member of like uh democratic socialism he's like a really cool uh like thinker writer philosopher and the wachowskis like cast him in this movie just to be like one of the council members in zion which is cool that they just like yeah let's cast him that's that's a very nice touch that's Um, awesome but at the same time, like, I can't help but think, like, isn't it kind of weird that there's literally a council of elders that rule Zion? Like, literally a elders of Zion? Because, like, if you know what that, like, that's, like, one of the big, like, uh, anti-Semitic conspiracy theories is this thing called the, like, Protocols of the Elders of Zion. And it's, oh you know, God. the whole thing about, like, oh, there's this council of, of Jewish people who, like, you know, control the world and, you know, Jesus. do all these evil things. So it's, like, weird that there's, like, a council of elders who rule Zion. And I don't know how much of that's intentional, how much they, you know, they just chose the name Zion, you know, because it means, like, you know, home and, like, you know, the, the, the like, you know, safe, you know, uh, kind of prophetic uh, stronghold of, like, you know, hope for a people. Uh, so I, I doubt it's intentional because it doesn't really go with the rest of the politics of these movies if it was randomly anti-Semitic. So I think that's just, like, a weird coincidence. Um Anyway, uh, you know, so you have all that, but then you also have all this great stuff with with Neo kind of, um, you know, his final tests and battles uh, as he as he basically tries to make his way to the machine city, which we're told, like, no person has seen in like a hundred years because you die before you get to it because, you know, you can't survive the journey. So him and Trinity are trying to make their way to the machine city basically because neo feels like he, he he feels he doesn't know why but he feels like he can he can make it there and his powers are at this point like he's just like you know he's going so hard he basically can like even in the real world he sees things almost like the same way he sees the code when he's inside the matrix oh, shit. so it's like even in the real world he's like he's like getting like superman powers uh and it basically ends in this big confrontation where uh he has to fight agent smith basically for for all the marbles to speak and it's basically just the culmination of of all these movies it is truly the 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 final battle the the revolution um it, you know he, he's combined his cause that he believes in with his self and his identity uh and so he's kind of his height of power because he's combined these two things together and he has to you know in true you know messiah mythic fashion he has to become something more powerful than just a man he has to become an idea uh, and try to free all the people, uh, not even just save Zion, but free everyone in the Matrix as well. Um, and to sum it up in a review I wrote of it, I said, uh, in the end, Neo being trans saves the day because he just believes in himself so damn hard. Proud of him. And I mean, that's really the best way to describe it. But honestly, I thought it was very satisfying, very entertaining uh, sequel and then ending to the trilogy. Uh, like I said, I don't know if they reach, uh, the perfection of the original, but certainly if you enjoy the original matrix, I don't see why you wouldn't enjoy these, especially if you're analyzing them from this kind of, uh, trans revolutionary, uh, angle, uh, you know, philosophy wise, not to mention if you don't want to analyze it from all that, uh, just watch them and see some badass people in fucking leather, there's in the third one. I will say there is a shootout in a uh, BDSM club. Oh hell yeah! Owned owned by the Merovingian. They go back to like have to bargain with them, and of course he's mad about what they did in Matrix Reloaded. So there's a big uh, shootout with with a bunch of like gimps and shit in a in a BDSM club. <laughs> so that's great. So um, you know, I, I just wanted to say the uh, the radical trans angle is my favorite punk band. That's that's a good one. That's a good one. Write that down in the band band name for bands list. Uh, and so, um, yeah, that's that's the Matrix. Uh, and to quote the little kid at the Oracle's house in the first one, uh, there is no spoon. Uh, there there is only Brandon. <laughs> Let's go Neo. How about that one? Let's go Neo. Let's go Neo. Hashtag. Mm-hmm. Let's go Neo. 
Uh, any thoughts, Austin? Any 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 questions? Uh, you 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 think you're interested in watching these, uh, especially yeah. before this new one comes out this week? I'm really yeah, interested. I really want to see the new one. I think I can. I have. I've kind of tried to stay blind. I've seen like the one trailer that was like first released, but besides that, I haven't really even looked at like what the like synopsis on like IMDb is yeah. for the new one. But I think I can see like what they might do without spoiling the end of the third one. I think I can see what they might do to like bring in, uh, you know, like to make a fourth one happen, you know, logistically. And I'm yeah. really interested to see like what it has to say. And like, um, yeah, you know, not only stylistically, obviously I want to see some great action, but also I just, uh, I'm curious to see kind of where this one goes in terms of its themes and it's, uh, what it's saying as a film. Now, isn't, isn't it only one of the original directors? Yes, the, it, so the original three uh, were both uh, Lily and Lana Wachowski. Obviously, right. as I said, this was pre-transition, but they've since talked about how it was kind of something there. You knew about themselves, etc. But uh, yes, they both did. They both wrote and directed the originals. Um, this one, so though... why is one of them not coming back for this one? Good question. Uh, very valid question. No, as far as... I, I, I'm pretty sure... I, I can't, like, quote verbatim... But um, this new one is only directed by Lana. Uh, Lily is not involved. But la I, I, I read an article. It's been a couple weeks or a month now. But I believe basically Lily Wachowski was just like, um, she just didn't feel necessarily, it wasn't that she wasn't interested. It was less that she didn't want to, she didn't feel as compelled as her sister to revisit the world and to kind of dive back in i think she's focusing more i think she's a producer or something on a tv show at the moment and mm. she basically just said uh she didn't want to she didn't want to do this new one and also mm. like sensibly uh, understandably i think she's mentioned how she has a lot of emotions tied to this trilogy yeah. and i don't think i think she said something like she wasn't in a place emotionally where she wanted to jump back into it i thought Wait. it was going to be something like um like she was on strike and Lana's a scab. No, as far as I know, they're on good terms <laughs> as sisters, uh, as sisters and filmmakers. Um, okay. I, I'm, I'm going to not. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I actually went ahead and pulled up an article cause I want to make it right. I want to say, I want to get it right. So this is Lily Wachowski explains why she's not involved with the matrix Four. quote. That's a tough one. This is from entertainment weekly. So she says she opened up about her decision to step away or rather step forward from the Matrix franchise. Um, she said, um, it's a tough one. I got out of my transition and was just completely exhausted because we had made Cloud Atlas and Jupiter Ascending and the first season of Sensei 8 back to back to back. We were posting one and pre prepping the other at the same exact same time so you're talking about a hundred three 100 plus days of shooting for each project and so coming out and just being completely exhausted my world was like falling apart to some extent even while I was like, you know, cracking out of my egg. So I needed this time away from the industry. I needed to reconnect with myself as an artist. And I did that by going back to school and painting and stuff. Uh, and she is also mm -hmm. the showrunner and executive producer, writer, director of Work in Progress, which is a new show, I believe. Um, so she initially stepped away on the second season of their Netflix show, Sensei 8, uh, it was just um, Lana, I think, on that because that was when Lily stepped away and it sounds like she's kind of just um, taken a step back. And so she's kind of just let her sister uh, take the reins. Um, she says, continuing, Lily says... Um, I didn't want to have gone through my transition and gone through this masses of upheaval in my life, the sense of loss from my mom and dad, want to go back to something I did before and sort of walk over the past I had just walked, felt emotionally unfulfilling and really the opposite. I was going, uh, I, like I was going to go back and live in the old shoes in a way I didn't want to do that. Um, so that's understandable, I think, while at the same time, um, 
her sister, Lana, who's making the fourth one, she's actually doing it for equally good reason. She said this, they're both their parents passed recently in the last several years. And they said, or Lana said she wanted to make this new matrix specifically kind of, uh, when her, their, her, I think her parents died, she wanted to make it kind of, she, she was kind of very emotionally struck by that. And I think she kind of went to this as kind of a comfort almost kind of returning to this world and this uh idea and these characters that she loves so much and uh i i think she was very felt very inspired to kind of revisit it almost out of a therapeutic sense um and to revisit that world so that's a very interesting perspective to be returning to this property from uh so i'm certainly still interested in to see uh how that translates into the story she tells with the film i love that so yeah, Matrix, that's Matrix Reloaded and uh, Revolutions, and now coming out this week, we're recording this and releasing this, actually on Wednesday, I believe, when we put this up, it'll have just come out, The Matrix uh, Resurrections, appropriately titled. Damn, that's a good title. So, I'm looking forward to it. If yeah. you've never seen any of The Matrix, uh check it Just out go into this one blind <laughs> probably See what happens don't do that uh you know if you if you like all this kind of analytical political philosophizing shit sure check them out because they definitely have a lot in that regard but if you also just like well-made fun action movies check them out as well because they're certainly a blast and they're they're stylized and stylistic and creative in all the great ways while being extremely fun films also if you uh want that same kind of chaos with another movie of um just going in and seeing this one blind if you haven't seen any marvel movies the new spider-man movie is a great one to start with uh i will not i will not stand for for shilling for marvel on this show austin i have a marvel half sleeve tattoo you're on thin ice what do you fucking expect from me you you fucking you listen to me you stinky bitch you you promo i'm gonna shill for whoever the fuck i want you promo marvel on the show and i swear you're out of here the new spider-man movie is fucking art i won't hear otherwise i haven't seen it so it's great you know what i say go see the matrix not spider-man well, Spider-Man set world records on box office release so, weekend. So, but it does it doesn't need any. No one else has to see it. So go see the <laughs> Matrix, and I'm cutting. Well, Austin, what a great show! We talked about the uh, a lake. That may or may not induce drug and alcohol abuse. We talked about people being ready to die to own the libs. We We talked talked about about Gilbert Gottfried. We talked about the famous Spider-Man villain played by in a dual performance that critics are raving about and saying will be a number one Oscar contender. No face played by Gilbert Gottfried and Al Pacino. Uh, and we talked about the matrix, you know, I actually heard no face is going to make a cameo in the matrix and they're going to connect the matrix to the MCU. <laughs> Neo, I'm going to steal your face. It's connected, but the timeline is still the same. So it's still hundreds of years in the future. Yep. So like, while it is canon that they're the same universe, it has no bearing on each other. All those Marvel characters you love, uh, dead. They yeah, die. All dead. They die. They all die, and then the Matrix happens. They all got Long killed gone. by robots. It's well, Ultron. Oh my God, it's Ultron. That's that's the Matrix is basically like Tron, but better. Because if you well, Tron Legacy is pretty cool. It's not the best written movie, but it, it looks fun. it looks cool, and it's got the fantastic Daft Punk soundtrack. Oh, yeah, so you know piece. that's great. But um, uh, if you've ever seen the original Tron, it is very uh 1980s nerd shit. Like. It is, it's not even really like an action movie. It's like, uh, it's people in spandex, neon spandex walking around and being like, oh, wow, this is, this building is the computer motherboard. And then there's like a shitty CGI sequence on bikes, not knocking it or saying that's not good in its own way. But, um, the matrix is basically Tron, but like way cooler. Yeah. So, uh, that's today's show. Um, thank you all for listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, remember to stay tuned. You know what I was thinking about recently, Austin? Hit me. I 
I know we're only 39 episodes, not even a full year into the show, but I swear to I I pray to God I hope we make it. We keep doing this show because I I desperately want to make it to uh, election election year. I want to talk about elect like not not midterm midterms fine sure, but I want to make it to the next presidential election and talk about Wait, it on the show. Even if we stop doing the show before then, we come back just for that. This is this is my promise to you listeners, all four of you. If we some for some reason decide to quit doing the show, we will come back during ele- like the height of election season for 2024 and record some number of episodes. We'll do two episodes a week. Dude, okay. oh my god yeah sure if also if we if we set up a patreon and and we get we get a hundred dollars a month yeah uh yeah i'm looking forward to that one day maybe but uh in the meantime keep the dial tuned to this podcast leave a review still no one still the same two reviews on apple podcasts me and our one friend brew uh, those are still the only two reviews. Thanks, Nothing. Bro. I check like weekly to see. Hey, I wonder if someone left a review. I swear to God, one of you listening, like there's at least some of you listening that have Apple Podcasts, literally write a review that is one word. You can just say shit and one star. At least I know someone is listening and can verb and can respond to something I say on the show, and that I'm not talking in to a fucking void. Uh, please just leave a single review. Someone, I'm because desperate. Remember, I decide your death style. Austin will decide your death style. If none of you leave a review by next week, it's all Austin will on air just decide your death styles. And it's gonna be like hyper pop. It's gonna be brutal. Anyway, thank you guys. We'll see you next time, and one for the road, Austin. Let's get a let's go brand. <laughs> there is no spoon. There is only Brandon. <laughs>